But let's get to the music. It's the St. Michael Singers and Joy to the World. to the world, sung by the St. Michael singers. Let's go over to David. Ginny Wilkie read a Christmas poem at Pitlochry Church of Scotland Advent service last year. The poem is called Surprised and it's written by Brian Hudson from his book Bridge of Love. The poem Surprised by Brian Hudson from Bridge of Love. Quiet and unnoticed, he's come into the world. No fanfare from a castle top, no banners were unfurled. No proclamation read aloud that here's your future king. For very few are the people who heard the angels sing. Just a handful on the hilltop that came to watch and pray. We shouldn't be surprised at that. It happens every day. Quiet and unnoticed, he's resting on the straw. No rush for those inside the inn to find the stable door. There's food to cook, the clothes to wash, the rooms to clean and sweep. And very few are the people who see him there asleep. Some come to see a baby, and as they watch, they pray. We shouldn't be surprised at that. 
It happens every day. Quiet and unnoticed, he's come to change our life, to offer hope for our despair. His peace instead of strife, his arms outstretched with love and tears. His birth is now for all, but very few are the people who truly hear his call. Some twist his words to suit their ends. Let others watch and pray. We shouldn't be surprised at that. It happens every day. Quiet and unnoticed, God sent his only son. No thunderbolts, no lightning flash announce what he's begun. From Bethlehem to all the world, Christ Jesus comes to reign as his sacrificial love unites us all with God again and countless lives are changed by love when people watch and pray. We shouldn't be surprised at that. It happens every day. Jenny Wilkie with a poem called Surprise by Brian Hudson. And we'll follow that with a piece of music based on a prophecy by the prophet Isaiah. Uh, The orchestra and the choir of the Academy of St Martin's in the Field and For Unto Us a Child is Born.
very brisk rendition of For Unto Us A Child Is Born that comes from Handel's Messiah. It was performed by the orchestra and choir of St Martin in the Fields. Here's David to tell us what Malcolm Gite has for us this morning. Malcolm Gite is chaplain of Girton College in Cambridge and is also a poet and musician. Malcolm reads the poem Christmas and the Common Birth by Anne Riddler. The poem is followed by the song Do You Hear What I Hear? performed by the Choir Boys and Hayley Westenra. Now over to Malcolm Gite. This is the poem set for the 15th of December in Waiting on the Word, my anthology of poems for Advent, Christmas and Epiphany, published by Canterbury Press. And this poem is by the English poet Anne Riddler, a fine poet, a friend of Charles Williams and T.S. Eliot, I think unjustly neglected now. And she wrote this poem around the time of giving birth to her own child. And it's called Christmas and Common Birth. Christmas declares the glory of the flesh. And therefore, a European might wish to celebrate it not at midwinter, but in spring, when physical life is strong, when the consent to live is forced even on the young. Juice is in the soil, the leaf, the vein. Sugar flows to movement in limbs and brain. Also, before a birth, nourishing the child, we turn again to the earth with unusual longing to what is rich, wild, substantial. Scents that have been stored and strengthened in apple lofts, the underwash of woods and in barns, drawn through the lengthened root, pungent in cones, while the fir wood stands waiting, the beech wood aspiring, each in a different silence, and breaking out in spring with scent, sight, sound, indivisible. In song. Yet, if you think again, it's good that Christmas comes at the dark dream of the year that might wish to sleep ever. For birth is awakening, birth is effort and pain, and now at midwinter are the hints, inklings, sodden primrose honeysuckle greening that sleep must be broken to bear new life or learn to live is an exacting joy the whole self must waken you cannot predict the way it will happen or master the responses beforehand for any birth makes an inconvenient demand like all holy things it is frequently a nuisance and its needs never end Freedom it brings. We should welcome release from its long, merciless rehearsal of peace. So Christ comes at the iron, senseless time, comes to force the glory into frozen veins. His warmth wakes green life glazed in the pool, wakes all calm and crystal trance within the living pain. And each year in seasonal growth is good year 
that lacking love is a stale story at best. By God's birth, our common birth is holy. Birth is all at Christmas time and wholly blessed. Said the night went to the little was followed by part of Do You Hear What I Hear with Hilly Westenra and the Choir Boys. In the past two editions of Heart and Soul on Sunday mornings, we've listened to While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks by Night, we've listened to it to two rather different tunes. Now we'll have it to the usual tune sung in churches, sung here by the St Michael Singers. Here it is, While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks by Night.
the St. Michael singers and while shepherds watch their flocks by night. And we'll hear more about the shepherds. Uh, here's David to explain. Larry Gentis lives in Kirk Michael and goes to Pitlochry Baptist Church. Larry imagines what it would be like being one of the shepherds receiving the news of Jesus' birth. Out here you see things you never thought you'd see. Like my father before me and his father before him, I've, I've been a shepherd all my life. It can be a bit lonely at times, although I like going home for a spell after being alone with the sheep for weeks on end. But to be honest, I don't mind keeping my own company. It's less complicated than being around people all the time, and the sheep don't complain the way people do. When they have a problem, like when their feet get clogged with mud or when they're hungry, it's usually pretty easy to fix. But I'm getting off the subject. Like I said, out here, you see some pretty strange things, especially at night. But what I'm going to tell you goes so far outside the box that I don't blame you if you don't believe me when I tell it to you. In fact, I'm not sure I'd believe you if you told me this. I promise you, though, I'm going to tell you the truth without exaggerating. Oh, and by the way, I wasn't alone that night. There were many of us shepherds out in the fields. The night was cold, cloudless, and there was no moon. Suddenly the skies became bright, so bright that we had to shield our eyes. When we got to it, we could see the form of a man, but he was huge, bigger than the biggest man I'd ever seen. Well, I don't know what to call him, so I'll call him an angel? I, mean, I think our rabbi would have called him that, but that's the thing. Some rabbis believe there are angels sent to earth by God. Some don't believe in that at all. In my opinion, what else could he be? Then... And a big, booming voice. He started to speak, and here's what he told us, word for word. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. After the angel said this in a loud voice, the entire sky around us exploded with more beings like this one, singing in the most beautiful voices we'd ever heard. They were singing praises to God, and the words were as clear as the night was cloudless. They said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. It was nothing like the way we sang in the synagogue. There was an intense joy that I'd never, ever heard before. Imagine if there was a cheer at the wedding of the most popular person you'd ever known and multiply it well, ten times, a hundred times. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm no good with numbers except when I count my sheep, but I think you get the picture. Then, just as suddenly as they appeared, they disappeared as if everything was back to the way it was before with a chill in the air, the starry sky, and shadowy shapes of hills and trees, sheep and the other shepherds. However, there was one more star in the sky that I'd never seen before. Then all of us shepherds came together, but we didn't know what to say to each other. For some moments, we didn't say anything. I asked the others carefully, did we just see what I thought we'd seen? When we started talking about it, we realized that we'd all seen the same things. The angel, then it's speaking to us, and then the skies erupting into music, sung by hundreds of these angels. So, you know, if I was crazy, so were all of us. No, truly we'd seen something that was as real as the staff in my right hand. I had an idea and said to my mates, 
Okay, well, let's go see where this child is. The angel said he'd be wrapped in simple cloths and lying in a manger. A manger? A baby in a manger? Well, that's something else we'd never seen. I never thought I'd ever see a baby sleeping in a food cattle trough. We found the stable not very far from where we were keeping our flocks. There he was, just as the angel told us. Now, I like seeing newborn babies as much as any man and was overjoyed when my first three children were born. But this child was different somehow. There was a glow on his little face, like the bright face of the angel who told us about him. So we told the mother and father about the things the angel said, and everyone went silent. They didn't laugh at us, or they didn't make like we were crazy. They just listened to everything and just took it in. Funny thing is, I'm not great remembering the music we sing in the synagogue, but I remembered every word of what the angels sang, and so did my mates. They're no smarter than me. On the way back to our flocks, it was like we had to sing the angels' song. We had to burst out, or we would have burst. We knew that music as if we'd made it up ourselves, and we felt the same joy that they sang it with. Now, I'm just a simple man, like I said before, a shepherd whose family has been doing this for as long as we can remember. I've got nothing to gain from telling my story to you, whether you believe me or not. Tell me, what would you do if you saw these things? Would you keep it to yourself? Would you? And if God led you to be the first to see his Savior born to humble shepherds like this, like us, would you keep it to yourself? Well, me, I cannot. So that's my story, believe it or not. From Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 8 to 20. Larry Gentis, as one of the shepherds that first Christmas morning. Just a reminder, though, that you're tuned to Heartland FM on 97.5 or the Digital Access Channel or heartland.scot or Bridge FM if you're in one of the hospitals in the Dundee area. But by whatever means and wherever you are, welcome to Heartland FM and welcome to this special Christmas edition of Heart and Soul with David Wilkie and me, Howard Simpson. We're working from home with Sam Ross putting it all together for us. Here I've got a carol by Christina Rossetti. It's sung by the Castleford singers of the Salvation Army and it is Love Came Down at Christmas.
And then we heard the Castleford singers of the Salvation Army and they were singing Christina Rossetti's Love Came Down at Christmas. But let's get back to David. Malcolm Guite reads another poem from his book Waiting on the Word, which is an anthology for Advent. This time the poem is called Christmas Eve by Christina Rossetti. The poem is followed by one of Malcolm Arnold's Scottish dances, played by the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Now over to Malcolm Guite. The poem I have chosen for us to hear on Christmas Eve is a poem called Christmas Eve by Christina Rossetti, which I'll read for you now. Christmas hath a darkness brighter than the blazing noon. Christmas hath a chillness warmer than the heat of June. Christmas hath a beauty lovelier than the world can show. For Christmas bringeth Jesus, brought for us so low. Earth, strike up your music, birds that sing and bells that ring. Heaven hath answering music for all angels soon to sing. Earth, put on your whitest bridal robe of spotless snow, for Christmas bringeth Jesus, brought for us so low. Malcolm Guite reading the poem Christmas Eve by Christina Rossetti. Uh, here's another carol by Christina Rossetti, and this time it's Alexander Armstrong, and it is In the Bleak Midwinter. Stood hard as I 
there was by Gustav Holtz the singer was Alexander Armstrong and the song was In the Bleak Midwinter and now it's over to David The Three Vicars Reverends Richard Coles Kate Botley and Giles Fraser talk about Christmas 
I see another interesting thing, and it's to do with the power of that crib in the patch of light. It's at that moment we're never more keenly aware that God is equidistant from everyone. And at Knightsbridge, where we would have the great... And the, we used to do these kind of big charity carols. I remember one year, among our readers were the Grand Mufti and Rod Stewart. You know, it was that sort of thing. But there was, it was always kind of wonderful. Because at the end of it, you would have, you know, the great and the good and the sort of tattler reading, tattler photograph people. And then there would be the street homeless people who were our population by night. And just for a moment, there would be a sense that we were all the same equally distant from God. Not this great big warrior flaming coming down from heaven with a sword, but this little baby in a crib. Yeah, and as a mum yourself, you look at those images of Mary holding Jesus and you just, of course, you think, what if it was my baby? Okay, best Christmas film, Botley. Oh, uh, Die Hard, without absolute a question. Um, yeah. Top three, Die Hard, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, number three, it could be Gremlin- wonderful life. Gremlins or It's a Wonderful Life, isn't it? I thought you were my friend. Come on. What? It's not Christmas till you've seen Hans Gruber fall off the Nakatomi building. Jingle bell, jingle bell rock. That brilliant bit. And yippee ki Oh, we can't, it's say, brilliant. can't say the rude bit after that. It's a brilliant Christmas movie. It's the best Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. It's a Wonderful Life, and then Winterlight by Ingmar Bergman about a failed priest in Sweden in the winter. <laughs> it's so much fun so at this parties. Is, this, this, this is Christmas. You can go and have Ingmar Bergman with you, and then with your mum you can go and have the readings on New Year's <laughs> Eve. What a miserable time. <laughs> of course, Christmas Day, three o'clock, Queen's Speech... Does the Botley household stop? Only if it's had its dinner and there's nothing else on. It's not a massive tradition, okay? We never watched it growing up. But when I have watched it, I've, yeah, it's been great. I mean, she always talks about her faith, doesn't she? So when, whenever I've watched it, I've always thought, actually, this is, this is a better sermon than exactly. I preached this morning, you I know? Think, you know I, a couple of years ago she did one, and I just thought, I don't think I've ever heard the essentials of Christian faith laid out so effectively. Everything has to stop. In my house. Even if you're in the middle of dinner, you stop. Really? Because your, yeah, your dad is ex-forces. No, I think my mum is a particular driving force of this, but we all have to sit round. And there was a tradition, and we've sort of managed to get rid of it, where you don't open your presents until after you've heard the Queen. You lost that long? Yeah, no, there was, there was a tradition. That you have to wait for the Queen, so it gives you permission to... That's all gone now. We even open ours at the night before. But... <laughs> <laughs> It's downright continental. It's continental, exactly. We You'll be continent. having a duvet in it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I don't, don't, don't love about the Queen's speech. It's just one of those moments when you kind of think it's a point around which everybody gathers yeah. and here's something. You're pulling a thing. It's, not, it's just not a thing. It's just not a thing. It's just an illusion of. It's never been a thing. We've, I didn't even know there was a Queen's speech well, until absent, I left home. Absent the Botley lot. I mean, you just do feel that this is something... I suspect you're not. No, I I think you're probably not. But we had a sense that this was one of those sort of moments where the whole... I felt the whole nation was listening to Her Majesty the Queen. That that everybody was gathered round it, and we were all brought together by that. And no, I understand now that it's not the case, but it was extraordinary that... uh, Don't laugh me, but we used to stand for the National Anthem. Did you? Yeah. We had to. My, to my father, who was who's ex-forces, he would stand to attention. My house is more socialist than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. You were still eating What's your dinner. What's socialism got to do with it? <laughs> the Queen's more socialist than <laughs> yeah, you thought she was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, one more thing. Christmas presents. What do you want in your stocking on Christmas morning, Kate Botley? Someone else to cook the lunch. That'd be lovely. So, chef. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Josh? I don't need presents. I've got everything I need. I, seriously, I don't really need presents. And I love the cooking. 
Oh, I absolutely love the cooking. I love and I'm a fascist in the kitchen. I absolutely, I want to do it. Don't touch it. I've got to make everything happen. That I love. Really love that. Can't you see no one has asked me what I want in my stocking? What do you want in your stocking? What do you want in your stocking? Well, what what should we get you? (laughs) I don't want anything. I just want everyone to be happy. But if I could have something, I quite like the crown jewels. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a euphemism for something (laughs) rude? (laughs) You keep your private life to yourself, Colsey. Well, on that note, if if any of us want to have a licence to be able to serve Christmas in the future, we'd better bail out. Can I just say before we do that to you both... Very happy Christmas. And to also, you. Richard Cole, Kate Botley, and Giles Fraser wishing everybody a happy Christmas. Their Christmases, like ours, will be rather different this year, I guess. But the good news remains the same. The message of Christmas does not change. God is with us. Wells Cathedral tell us more about that now with Charles Wesley's Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. That was the choir of Welsh Cathedral singing it there. But it's over to David one more time. Mary Haddow is Minister of Pitlochry Church of Scotland. Mary recently gave a series of sermons for Advent, and today we hear one about the Peace Child. Peace is a recurring theme in the Nativity story. It starts within the promises of the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah speaks in the passage read earlier today of an amazing peace, a peace that comes amid the vivid imagery of the boots of tramping warriors and battle garments covered in blood, all of which will be burned as fuel for the fire to usher in the one who will be known as the Prince of Peace. According to the Gospel writer Luke, a multitude of heavenly hosts, the ones who appeared to the shepherds the night of Jesus' birth, sang of peace on earth, goodwill to all. And as you know, many of our favourite carols pick up the theme of peace as well in an almost lullaby tone. Silent night holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. I think most of us would want the peace that the stable scene represents, as well as the peace of which the angels sang to the shepherds, their promise of peace on earth. And yet the peace offered by this newborn Prince of Peace, who was foretold by Isaiah and heralded by the angels, isn't just about quiet or the absence of war, the absence of conflict. Surprisingly enough, it's bigger than that. As well as being about being being at peace with our neighbour, it's about being at peace with God, experiencing peace amidst the storms of life. A few years ago, I read a book called Peace Child. It tells the true story of Don Richardson, who in 1962 went to work among the Sawi tribe of western New Guinea. The Sawi were known to be cannibalistic headhunters. Nevertheless, Richardson and his family went to live with them to share the good news about how we can have peace with God and live in peace with each other. This tribe had some very unusual beliefs. To them, a person gained the greatest honour by making friends with an enemy, inviting them to their home for a meal, or maybe several meals, being very good friends to them. And when the visitor least expected it, they would run him through with a spear. They considered deceit and treachery a great virtue. So when Don Richardson told them the story of Jesus' betrayal by Judas, the Sawi clapped and cheered because Judas, not Jesus, was their hero. They admired his shrewd penetration of Jesus' inner circle and his cunning in betraying his leader. The missionary tried all sorts of ways to explain the greatness of God's amazing love to a people whose values were based on deceit, but every attempt failed. 
A warring tribe, the Sawi and a neighbouring tribe, fought battles so violent that the missionaries finally decided that they needed to move away because it was their presence that brought the warring tribes into contact with each other. But the Sawi didn't want them to go. And to prevent Richardson and his family leaving, they were prepared to make peace. And this is how they did it. A man went into his hut, took his newborn son, his only child, and ran across the meadow to the enemy tribe and handed him over. From then on, they would be responsible for his health and well-being. And one by one, each member of the enemy tribe touched the head of this small boy. In that culture, this was the only way to make peace. Because they believed that if a man would actually give his own son to his enemies, that man could be trusted. But the enemy tribe were clearly moved that this father should make such a painful sacrifice because to give an only child was unheard of. This was a sacrifice that would be honoured and as long as the child lived, there would be no more war between the two tribes. The child was known as the peace child. This small child, the peace child, did what was thought to be impossible in a culture where violence, treachery and bloodshed were everyday occurrences. The sacrifice of this father to give up his only son and the recognition of how great this sacrifice was brought enemies together. They put their hope and trust in the peace child and things were never the same again. Because when Don Richardson witnessed this, he explained to the Sawi that Jesus is the peace child. And when they heard this, the popularity of Judas suddenly took a dive because to betray or harm or neglect a peace child was inconceivable to them. The Christmas story is a beautiful story that captures the hearts of adults and children alike as we picture a baby surrounded by hay and all kinds of farm animals and visitors from nearby fields and far-off lands. But this story is not told in the Bible to make us feel all warm inside. This is a story about the peace child given to the world. In the Gospel of John, we are told that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus is our peace child, sent to make peace between us and God, peace between each of us and our families, peace between neighbours near and far. And the key is putting our hope and trust in God's peace child, the one who can bring peace in the midst of the storms of life. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Mary Haddo speaking at Pitlochry, Church of Scotland. Back to the Salvation Army once again for more music. This time it's the Wrexham Citadel Singers, or Songsters as they call them, and Ding Dong Merrily on High. Ding Dong Merrily on High. 
Christmas Heart and Soul. Thank you for being with us, and our thanks too to Mary Haddo, Richard Coles, Kate Botley, Giles Fraser, Malcolm Guite, Larry Gentis, and Ginny Wilkie, all for their contributions this morning, and to Sam Ross for pulling it all together for us once again. So, David Wilkie and I, and Ham Simpson, will wish you a good, if rather different, Christmas, and may God be with you in a special way. We leave you with Bonnie M and O Come All Ye Faithful.